Welcome FEI Engage subscribers. My name is Olivia Berkman, and this episode is a conversation with Herschel Frierson, Strategic Networks Leader at Crow and Chairman of the National Association of Black Accountants. Herschel talks about the benefits of joining associations early in your career, accounting's diversity problem, and how to address the great resignation. Please enjoy. Today, I'm speaking with a friend of the organization and a friend of mine, Herschel Frierson. Herschel is the 27th chairman of the board of directors with the National Association of Black Accountants, NABA, and he's a lifetime member. He's a leader with Crow, and he has over 24 years of experience. He serves as the firm's leadership team. He serves, excuse me, on the firm's leadership team with the Inclusion Excellence Council, which focuses on diversity and inclusion for the firm. He's been involved with Big Brothers of Indianapolis, Center for Leadership Development, Academy of Finance, 2012 Indianapolis Super Bowl host committee member, NFL Community Impact. And he was recently named by Accounting Today as one of the top 100 most influential people in accounting. Before I introduce you to Herschel, I want to highlight that Steve Rivera of J&J will be our next speaker on February 23rd. You can register on the FEI Engage website for that. And also just want to remind everyone to please submit questions using the Q&A feature uh, for Herschel, and I'll uh, ask them along the way. And now it's my pleasure to introduce Herschel. Hi, Herschel. Thanks for being here. Hey, Olivia. How are you doing? Happy New Year to you. It's good seeing you again. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Uh, I'd love to start with some background. Tell me about your like post-college path to Crow, and then we can um, get into your history with NABA. Yeah, you know, it's you know, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, and the the members here today. Um, you know, it's interesting. I call myself a unicorn in the in the industry in the sense that you know, when I graduated from Butler, I actually you know, started with Crow right out of college um, in the fall. So after I graduated, and I've actually been with Crow ever since I graduated. And, and you know, that's why I say, well, I'm a unicorn. Um, you know, right now it's probably, quite honestly, it's probably over 25 years now. Uh, it's been my only, you know, full-time job out of college. So I'm a unicorn there. I've always wanted to, you know, be in this industry. I love accounting, love finance. and just had a great opportunity here at Crow and this continues to grow at Crow. And tell me about uh, your involvement with NABA. Like, how did you even know about NABA? And and obviously now you're the chair, so kind of walk right. us through that, yeah. that journey. Yeah, no, it's, it's it, you know, and it's interesting, like, you know, how did I get here? And I, st- I still ask the question, like, how did, you know, I'm blessed, right? So, I, you know, I, I need to acknowledge that I'm blessed to, to be in this particular position and and, and hopefully make a difference in, in the industry and people's lives and, and hopefully making making things better for our members. But, you know, I got in NABA right when I started at Crow um, because I just didn't see a lot of people that look like me, you know, within the firm and in our Indianapolis office is where I started and still is today. And, you know, I struggled. You know, honestly, I struggled. I just didn't see people that look like me. And I needed to, to figure out, like, how am I going to survive, right? How am I going to survive? How am I going to go to the next level? 
And, you know, a friend who's also in accounting, a little older than me, she said, hey, you need to go to this thing called locally in Indianapolis called NAPA, National Association of Black Accountants. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, you know, that's that. That sounds very interesting. I, you know, I have other people that look like me I can talk to. And I went to my first meeting and I got hooked, right? Because I met people that were going through the same thing I did, right? It's, I'm like, they're like, Hershey, you're not no different than, than me. You know, I have, you know, I'm one of three, I'm one of two. And I just like, wow, okay, it's not, I'm not an oddity, right? It's, there are other people that are going through the same struggles that I went through. And the other thing, just from a way I was raised from my parents, um, you know, my parents didn't go to college. My mom was a school bus driver. My dad worked in a factory. But the one thing they taught me and my brother, they said, no matter what you do, give back, right? And I truly believe it takes a village you know, to raise a child. And, you know, my parents like, you, you know, you, you give back to your community, you, you know, so one, I, I, I saw a need of, for myself, but then I saw a need amongst other people that look like me and a trigger happened, right? And said, okay, this is, this is what my draft is going to be to get more people to look like me in the profession. And that began my journey. You know, I, I became a member of NABA, became the chapter president of Indianapolis chapter. Then I became a regional secretary, then regional president. Then I served on the board and flash forward to, to today. It's like, wow, actually you're the chairman now. And I'm just, you know, how did I, you know, I, I, I literally, how did I get here? How did this little black boy that grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, you know, you know, a three bedroom townhouse, one bathroom, you get to a point where he's blessed enough to be the chairman and been a leader at, at a top 10 firm, you know, is I, I still question, like, how did I get here, right? And, you know, when I talk to young professionals and young people, I truly can say, if I can do it, you can, right? I wasn't the smartest in the classroom. I had to study, 10 times harder just to get the concepts. And, and even here, right, I need to take extra longer. So, uh, you know, I don't consider myself this superstar by any means. I'm your your average person, you know, walking the streets and I'm blessed to be in this particular position. And I, you know, I have to get, you know, I just feel like I have to give back, right? Is, you know, part of my joy is, you know, can I make a difference, right? And the joy is younger professionals that are become managers, senior managers, and, and even my peers, when I see them excel, going to the next level, sitting on corporate board, paid corporate boards, right, is that gets my joy, right? It's easier to be happy than to be angry and, and, and mad. So I know it's a long answer for what you No, I love that. And I know that about you, that giving back is, is a big motivator. Um, mm -hmm. And remind me of the NABA slogan because it's just perfectly kind of you know, matches. Lift it as you climb, right? Right. I mean, lift it as you climb. Yeah. I think we, you know, I, I, I hope, right? <laughs> you know, I hope is that someone helped you out on your journey, right? At some point, you know, we all 
for the most part, we all did quote unquote did it by yourself. There was someone that was looking out for you. And same thing for me, right? There were other people that were lifting me up as I tried to climb. And still to this day, right? I'm still still trying to climb. There were still other people lifting me up. So you know, I owe it to to them, to other people, to my parents, to to lift other people up as I climb. I love what you said earlier. I'm not an oddity. It's, it's like really struck me. Um, I know diversity, equity, inclusion, it's, it's all very important to you. And, and I want to just jump right in. Like, I think it's clear how you feel. I was going to ask if accounting finance has a diversity problem. And I think, you know, it's obvious. Um, and, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like why? Why does why does it have a diverse why why does accounting and finance have a diversity problem? You know, I'm assuming you and your audience probably heard this before. If you if you see it, you can be it, right? You know, it's it's one thing to to tell a young lady that you can coach in the NBA. It's another thing to actually see one coaching in the NBA, right? You know the Becky Hammonds that's an assistant coach, right? Um, or, you know, the President Obama's, right? Is It's one thing to say, you know, because I was told that in, in, in grade school, you could become president, oh, you know, and I'm just looking like this little black boy, I was like, yeah, whatever, right? I mean, you know, you, it, you hear it goes in one ear and out the other, but then it happened, right? It's like, oh my God, it actually happened. And, same goes in my life, right? And in my career journey is, you know, I wanted to become a leader in a public accounting firm, right? I wanted to, you know, although there was not a ton, I was like, someone has to help, you know, with the path. Others before me made a path to get me to where I'm at today. But I'm like, you know, truth be told, you know, when I started off at Crow, I was like, you know, I want to become, have that P next to my name, I'm a principal. Like, I want to, you know, I, I still, you know, there was still doubt there, right? Even though I was working in a firm, there was still doubt there because I didn't see other people that looked like me in that position until I, you know, when I joined now, I, I saw pockets, right? But still within my own firm. And until you get there, or until you see other people, it's kind of the reality check. Like, okay, yeah, someone actually did it or other people actually did it, right? So you can do it. Um, You know, I'm a very visual part. I think, you know, we as humans are, to a certain degree, we're still very visual. And, you know, that's where you take no excuses, right? Like if if I tell you growing up where I grew up at and getting to where I'm at, then I have no, you know, you shouldn't have any excuses either, right? Um, because they're going to have other people around you, like, you know, my Nava family, my fam- my family family, to help you get there. And that's what's important, right? To say you can't get there, you can't do this, you can't achieve this. I have a question for you from the audience. For someone just starting out in finance or not a large organization, how do you suggest making those initial connections? It, it, it's, you know, it's, you got to adapt to the changing world, right? You know, 
LinkedIn, um, and just you, you have to take the initiative of just um, one thing that I did. Yeah, I know. You know, full transparency is we go through the conversation. I'm an extrovert, right? You know, you, but you still got to, everybody still has a comfort zone, right? You got to step outside your comfort zone and, and reach out to a Herschel's, right? And other people that say, hey, would you mind if I spend 30 minutes with you just to understand your journey, get some tips on how to network? I need to build my network, right? It's just because if you're in a small organization, the, the world is still big. Right. It is. And you may get turned down and say, hey, you know, you may reach out to someone's like, hey, I don't got time right now to, to spend with you. But there's 90 percent of the time if you just reach out to people and say, hey, you're very successful in your career. Do you mind if we can just spend 30 minutes? Right. I there's been, you know, many young people who've reached out to me on LinkedIn and say, hey, can I take 30 minutes? I have no problem taking 30 minutes, right? Uh, and if you reach out to me, I'm going to spend 30 minutes because you're taking the time to reach out to me. And first, if I can give you two minutes of advice that would be valuable to your career, I'm going to do that. And there's so many other people like me that, you know, sometimes you, you know, you'd be like, oh my God, I, you know, they, do they have time for me? Yeah, actually they do, right? It, there's been so many times where I talk to peers and other leaders who's like, I wish more younger professionals reached out to us, but you know, they're, you know, you see them, you'd be like, Oh my God, they're so busy. You'd be surprised on how much, you know, senior leaders want to help you. Right. Cause they got help. So. Yeah. And there's a way to approach it too, right? Like <clears throat> if you come at it, like the way that, so the way that you said it was, Hey, you're really successful at what you do. I just want to talk to you for 30 minutes. So like the things that are standing out to me are like, make it short, you know, like don't, oh, yeah. don't oh, try yeah. to like oh, take yeah. up someone's time, uh, right. too much of someone's time and be like complimentary, you know, and, and Let's when you, yeah, Let's yeah, be a, totally. Be okay. I just want to like, yeah, it was interesting. There's a gentleman. Um, and there's, you're going to hear more about him. Uh, there, he's done so much. He's a chef that actually reached out to me, um, on LinkedIn and he heard me speak at, on, on an opportunity, on an engagement or something like that. And he's like, Hey, I just want to you know, spend some time with you. And I, this was a chef, you know, and he just wanted to talk, you know, business development, things of that nature. And we have got to be friends to this day now, right? And I'm actually going to call him this week to do a check-in with him on how things are going because there are things he's planning to do. He's 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 making big moves, and it was just he took faith to reach out to me, right? And I'm like, who is this chef guy, right? He's a chef, and he's reaching out to me. I'm like, he's not an accountant. He's not in finance, and you know, it's. It has been a very fruitful relationship between the both of us that I'm happy to say. I love that. Well, how long ago was that that you met? Probably you heard summer, you speak, I should summer, say. Summer of last year. Mm-hmm. And wow. we probably talk maybe once a month now. Wow. You know, just, and there's some other young professionals that, you know, we have a cadence and we talk on a monthly basis. I, 
I I have time, right? It, 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 it's if you have time, then everyone has time. <laughs> right, I have time, right? I mean, I just it, it's just I feel like in a twenty-four hour period, I can spend thirty minutes of helping someone if if it's a, if it's going to be a blessing to someone, right? And I would hope the same if I reach out to someone, right? Um, we're all busy. Uh, life is busy, right? But if I could take two hours to watch a movie or one hour to watch a TV show, I could take 30 minutes to talk to a young professional. I love that. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> when do you think someone, so a lot of the, or actually now all of the the people who are listening are, are subscribers. So their early career um, mm-hmm. might even be in school. So when do you think that kind of demographic should get involved with an organization like NABA or like, you know, like an FEI Engage. When is the right time to do that? Yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) If you haven't, you're already too late. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's, I wish I had the opportunity to join. I didn't know about NABA when I was in college and we have student chapters all across the country. So all the subscribers, if you're not part of NABA, please join NABA. Um, college, especially young professionals, um, you know, yesterday, right? It it is, you need to start learning how to network and developing your network now, right? There is no, okay, I'm gonna do that. You know, we we all talk about, okay, you know, at 28, I'm gonna get married, 32 when we have kids. Life doesn't work like that, right? You You need to, go with what you can do right now, right? What you know is right in front of you. And when you have opportunity, don't push it out, you know, for a year or two years, or, you know, I'm just gonna wait to do this. No, now is the time, especially now, right? It is because that could be your next job, right? That person you connect with by joining the NAVA, joining the FEI is the next opportunity that you don't know about or the next client, right? <laughs> right, that's you know, that's why I get connected with FBI. It's like, cause this could be my next client. I could interact with the next client. I'm like, am I gonna wait three years? No, it is, I wanna connect with people. Yeah, definitely. And <clears throat> just as a quick plug for Engage, you know, you can, as a, as a subscriber, you can network with your peers, but you can also connect with a mentor to get you that like inset insight and perspective from outside of your organization that we know is like, is very important. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you said that you wish that you joined NAB, but even earlier than you did, what else kind of comes to mind that you, you wish someone had given you the advice or you would, you tend like something that you find yourself advising, uh, all the people that come to you for mentorship and what's, what's like a common thread. Time. Mm. Time. Yeah. People, I think in today's world, today's society, we, we, we sometimes forget that we do have time. Right. And everybody, you know, once again, like we, we talked about, everybody feels like, I just don't have time for this. Yes, you do. You got to make time. Right. And I, I think that's time management is probably the hardest. It is because, you know, you, you 
make time for what is important to you, right? Once again, go back to the movie analogy. Like if I went to go see Spider-Man, right? I made time whether I'm going to, and I went at like nine o'clock at night on opening night, right? I made time to do that, right? So I don't use time as an excuse. I use it as an asset. Hmm. I love that. So give us your like time management tips. What's like, <laughs> like how, how do we better manage our time, especially if we're working from home or remote, we have families, et cetera. What are some of the best ways to, to get the most out of your time? I just put it, put it on my calendar, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, I'm going to the barbershop. Right. Saturday, work with my barber. This is the time. Put on my calendar. Went to the movies. I blocked the time out. Going to the gym. Right. I try to you know block it. And 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 with the understanding that there's going to be have to be flexibility. Right. Uh, There are some things that can be flexible. Right. If I couldn't make it to the movies. All right, then I can go the next night because that movie is going to show again the next night or the next or two days, right? You know, there's some things that you're like, okay, it's, I can't go to the gym. I'm definitely going to get on the on the Peloton bike, right? It, it's, you know, so there's workarounds within it, right? And there's some things that you just, I can't move, right? If I got a client engagement or, you know, working with some things internally, okay, you know, I can't move that, you know, so there you know, are there something, you know, if you have a children, like I can't miss this soccer game or baseball or basketball, football game, right? Or dance recital, you know, or band competition, right? I gotta, you know, that is something that is not going to get moved and I need to attend it. I think it's really important to hear from somebody in your position that you make time for things that make you happy and healthy that you block that time off in your calendar. Like, <clears throat> I th- especially someone at a firm, I feel like the idea of someone at a firm is like all work, no play. Like, especially, you know, for somebody like early on. Um, so it's refreshing to hear you say, like, just, just put it in your calendar. Like, right. And there's still 24 hours in the day. Sure. Right. When do you sleep? Day. How much do you, how many hours a night do you sleep? <laughs> you know, it, and it, it's, you find your cadence, right? Me, I like to work out in the evenings. You know, some people are like, I can never work out in the evening. Some people are like, I wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning and I love the 6 a.m. class. Okay. But, you know, what works for you? With the understanding that there is always going to be pivots. You know, life happens. There's going to be pivots throughout the week, and be okay with that. But then there's backup plans. Like I said, like okay, if I can't go to the gym, I'm, like yesterday, I couldn't go to the gym. I had some internal meetings. Seven thirty, I was on the bike <laughs> at home. Right, I got a nice, good twenty-minute workout in, work off some stress. You know, or hey, I was going to go to the movie on Thursday. Now I'm going to go on Saturday at noon. <laughs> right, I mean. You know, and then there's other things that you you're okay with that can't be moved. Like my daughter has a recital going in at my son has a recital. Can't be moved, not gonna be moved. And be okay with that, right? 
question from the audience here. A lot of people are talking about the great resignation, but it, but it seems that turnover has been an issue in accounting for years. What needs to change to stop it? You know, I, I hear about the, the great resignation. I think what needs to probably change is we need to change how it's being viewed, how, the, how our careers in accounting is being viewed, right? And, you know, show my age here, we need to bring the sexy back to accounting. This is a wonderful, it's a wonderful profession, right? And I think we don't do a good job as a profession to talk about how wonderful it is, right? We, you know, you even you just said, we, you work at a firm, you know, you're always working, right? No, it, it is it is wonderful to work at a firm like a crow, right? That I have so much opportunities as well as flexibilities and enjoying life and, and giving back to my community and working for my clients. We, we need to, to flip the whole, you know, back on campus, like, oh, you're, yeah, you know, you're an accounting major, you got a pocket protector. No, I got swag, right? You know, it is, you have to change, you know, and I try to change that narrative of like, you gotta, you know, accounting has a swag, finance has a swag. It is not the quote unquote boring, right? And I think we need to do as a profession, talk about the, the, the benefits and how cool it is and how nice it is and, and the flexibility and the, you know, just the flexibility to, to enjoy life in, in our profession. And I mean, look at me, right? Um, I've been at Crow my whole career, right? you know, throughout my whole career, it's like, why are you still at the same firm? Like, why not? Right, where, where is the book, where is the golden book that says you need to stay at a particular place for five years, right? Because if you listen to everybody else, I would have jumped off a bridge 20 years ago, right? And you you have to be, you have to do you, right? I mean, I, I'm doing me, right? I was like, the whole, you know, and, you know, I get the question. This used to be the buzz question. Not as much anymore. It's like, you know, um, you know, how do you handle work-life balance? I'm like, I hate that question because my my life balance is going to be different than yours, <laughs> right? Like, what brings me joy may not bring you joy, right? You know, it's like, hey, I like to sit underneath a tree and read a book. I'm like, I am not, you know, not going to catch Hershel underneath anybody's tree reading anybody's book. But you will catch me in my car playing some biggie, rolling down the street, right? You know, but that's my, that's what I enjoy to do, right? And that doesn't make me any better than anybody else. Or, you know, that is what brings me joy. And I think we as a profession need to, and I try to talk about the joy I have and how much I've gotten out of not only staying with the same firm that I love, but the, more importantly, the profession, right? Accounting and finance. Once again, a long answer to the question, but you know, no, it's great. forever. No, and, and by the way, that is my that is my version of happiness is like under a tree with a book. So although I could also I could also drive and listen to Biggie. I could do that too. Um so a question that I have about NABA is um can allies can allies join and do allies yeah. join? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, and yes. 
Okay. And uh, a question from the audience. What are the questions that we, I love this question. What are the questions that we might be hesitant or even scared to ask our black colleagues? How can we make the workplace a more welcoming place for them? That is, you know, that's an interesting question. And it's, it's more of a flip question. Like, well, what is the questions you want to ask? Yeah. Right? I'm not what are the questions you get asked by some of the, you know, like white colleagues that you have or the, the people that that want to. I have gotten them all right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, we can literally spend. I probably could write a book. Speaking of books, hmm. all the questions. there's an idea. I, I, I think I, I think, you know, if we want to call it advice is to be your authentic self and to share and, and to speak your truth. Right. We all need to speak our truths to each other. Right. It's like, hey, Herschel, I, you know, having, you know, not been around many, you know, whether it be African-Americans, Latino, Asian, LGBTQ community is, you know, I'm struggling understanding this or, you know, I see this, but can you help me navigate through this? How did the George Floyd impact you or? You know, why is this so important to you? Why do you have such a passion? I, I think it's, you, I think individuals need to speak their truth, right? Because I'm always going to speak my truth, right? You're going to get, because that's all I know, right? And that, that goes for individuals trying to learn. Like for me, you know, learning more about pronouns when it comes to LGBT, I was speaking my truth, wanting to understand more. Like, how can I be a better supporter? I don't understand pronouns. You know, help me understand pronouns and help me walk me through that so I can be a better champion. How can I be a better ally? Right. Same thing. Right. It is mm. speak your truth and be authentic to say, hey, help me here. Right. Yeah, I love saying it that way. Uh, help me because it it's 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 showing so much vulnerability in the approach mm -hmm. instead of like, I don't get this. I don't understand. What right. am I supposed to say? I can't do anything right. Da, da, da. It's like, Hey, I'm coming with the intention of, I want to get there. Right. Yeah. Help me get there. Right. Help yeah, me get exactly. there. Same thing it is. Yeah. I wanted to understand pronoun better. Right. I know about pronouns, but I just, I needed to understand more. Right. And help me. Right. And when you go to, I remember I was, um, overseas in France and it was the funniest thing you know I'm an extrovert so I I have my little translator book my little French book so I would walk into fast food restaurants and I would try to bless my heart I was trying to you know order in French and speak in French and I was I was chopping it all up literally chopping it up and they would sit there and they looked and they and I'm like, oh, he's not getting it. But then, you, you know, 60 to 70% of people spoke English and was like, thank you for trying. You know, I get that. Once I get that affirmation, I did it the whole time and everyone would look, would listen. And then they would say, okay, you, you know, this is how you say this word. This is how you ask this. And then, oh, by the way, you should go to this restaurant. This is a great local restaurant, right? And I, I, I learned a lot, right? Is if you try, right? If you try to be of their culture, right? I was trying to, I wasn't coming in like I'm an American and 
I expect you to speak English. No, I'm like, I'm in another person's country. I want to learn, right? I'm gonna, and I get, I was embarrassing my wife, you know, my girlfriend at the time, bless her heart. And I would get out my book and she's like, oh my God, you got the book out. And I'm looking for the work, but, but it paid tenfold for me, for us, right? Because they were just like, thank you. And then giving us, for not even asking and say, hey, you need to go here. You should do this. Do you need help here? And I'm like, wow, okay, right? And, and that's what it's all about, right? Speak your truth, but also be authentic and, and, and try to try to come from a place of, of understanding. Yeah. And I want to say this, and then I want to um, get back to, you mentioned George Floyd, and that's something that I want to talk, touch on. But uh mm-hmm. I want to say that this is something that has been consistent among the the people that I've interviewed for how I got here. And these are all very high powered, successful people like you. The thing that I that is consistent that I took from the story you just told is that they're not afraid to embarrass themselves. Oh, yeah, I embarrass myself all the time. And, and I'm telling you, this is something that ha- comes up again and again in these conversations. It's, it's unbelievable. It's like truly the one thing that I could pinpoint as a commonality uh, between the people that I interview for how I got here. Oh yeah, because I, it, it, I think you, you have to learn. Without learning, you know, you don't have to ask and try first. That's the only way you're going to learn, right? And so, so, yeah, I embarrass myself all the time, right? But then, if I can make you, if you, if I can make you laugh by laughing at me, go for it, right? It, it, because it's going to, I may embarrassing myself may have brightened your day, right? Right? It, you know, just you know. I'm sure, you know, when I was in France, you know, trying to speak French, they might have been having a bad day, but here comes this American who is just butchering my my language, right? And if I get a laugh out of that, not on purpose, but just brings joy, like he's really trying, you know, bless his heart, right? Um, then do it, right? Um, you know, luckily my, my wife, you know, you know, she's an introvert, she's an engineer, so, you know, we have very different minds of thoughts and, you know, I keep telling her I'm going to go on the voice and she's like, that is one thing you're not going to embarrass me at. Right. She's like, trust me, you're not, your, your voice is not the voice. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I, you know, in the shower it says otherwise, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Well, I think like it's, it's, it's a, it's an, it's a, a willingness to embarrass themselves or like, like the lack of fear, but it's also a preparedness to fail. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I knew like, you're not afraid to fail. Yeah. No, but because I've failed before, Mm -hmm. right. We're, we're all going to fail in life. That's part of life. Right. Is, you know, hopefully you have more successes than failures. The, the, The key is, are you going to learn from your failures, right? You know, so if you was, if there was a video watching me speaking, quote unquote, trying to speak French day one, and then day five, it's a 360, right? Because I'm like, okay, say it this way, do this, say this, approach this. You know, it. 
you see the, the progression, right? Just like in your career, right? Is we don't expect you to stay at a staff level forever. You got to be able to progress in your career, right? You got to learn your journey, right? You're going you're gonna to fail, you're going to fall to learn from it so you can grow, get to that next level. So speaking of progressing in your career, a question, another question from the audience, what advice would you give someone starting out, whether to stay in public accounting or take an opportunity to go into management accounting? It's a case by case basis. It's really, there's not a, a blank statement. I can say, I say, you know, I'm in public accounting, work for a public accounting fire. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and say stay. I'm not gonna sit here, go here, right? I think that's where mentors come into play, right? If Herschel's your mentor, Herschel have an opportunity, and I've done this many times. Can I spend 30 minutes with you? Maybe it may last longer than 30 minutes because I have an opportunity. I wanna walk through with you, right? And then, you know, I like to say, okay, why do you want to change? That's always my first question. Why do you want to change? Okay, all right. And then what are the pros? What are the cons for staying here? What are the pros? What are the cons staying here, right? And there's different areas, right? There's family, there's money, opportunity, right? There's all those different areas where you just got to go through and not just look at the shiny red object, right? It's like, hey, I'm gonna get paid $10,000 more, like, okay. But is there is that a better opportunity? Well, I'm getting paid $10,000 more. I was like, you're not answering my question. Is that a better opportunity? Right? And, and, and that's what, you know, working with, you know, a mentor to work through that, right? Is this a better opportunity? Right, is I'm not saying you shouldn't go for the money, but what is your end game? Right. I want you I want you to look further past that, right? Yeah, so. it's so important to <clears throat> bounce those things off somebody. And don't sleep on a pro con list. Oh no. Uh, yeah, I I love the pro con list, right? Same. You, you, because it, it forces you to think. Right, it forces you to think on a decision because it's a, a big decision, right? It is I got an opportunity to go here. Okay, well, make out a pro and con list. So if you go there, make it a pro and con list because it forces you to really think about, right? And I, and I always go through the areas, the money, the family, and, and just the, what I call the, the op- job opportunity, right? Is because I've known people that say, I don't get paid more money, but I'm hitting my ceiling here, you know, because a person above me is going to be there for the next 15 years and I can't go no further higher. Okay. Well, you got paid, you know, 10,000 more, but now you're, you know, so it's, it's all of that needs to be coming into play. Yeah. There are a lot of factors to consider. Um, and that is one question that I, I wanted to ask you was about, you know, the, the biggest life or career risk that you took. And maybe you could talk about if something comes to mind, you could talk maybe about the factors that you considered when you took that risk. 
Right. So let me say this, and this is not cheating your question, but I struggle with the word risk, right? Mm -hmm. Because risk always has a bad connotation to it, right? It is, what is the biggest career opportunity? Yeah, I I look at it as opportunities, right? You know, because if it's a risk, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) You know, does that make sense? It is what has been the biggest opportunity for you, right? And I I went through the progression, the pros and cons, right? Is money, opportunity, job opportunity, uh, family, um, and weighed what, you know, what is truly important to me, right? And can I, you know, if I do this, can I still do that, right? It, you know, it, you know, can I have the kind of family I want and do this, right? You know, would I be able to see the world, right? Travel, you know, if I do this, you know, or will I be doing working more hours, or would I be working less hours, right? What is is there a continuous pathway to me to continue to to go go up, right? And you know, so. I've looked at that numerous times throughout my career, you know, and I think it's healthy, right? I think it's, I think it's healthy. I think it's always, you know, it's healthy to review your resume on a regular basis, you know, just to, just to like, where have I gotten at? Well, you know, like we said, like, how did I get here? Like, okay, I am, you know, what have I done in my career? Right. And, you know, I think it's healthy just to reevaluate where you're at, where you want to go. What do you think was your priority early in your career? Cause I'm sure it changes like stage by stage when it comes to making decisions. Yeah, right? I think for me it was, was definitely my career, right? Is I wanted to get acclimated into the firm, right? Is, uh, you know, that was that and partying. <laughs> I, I, I'm just being hundred percent transparent. It's like, I want to be successful in my career and I wanted to kick it. You know, 22, 23, 24. You still do, to be fair, from what yeah, I, I do. It was the best. <laughs> right? But, but I, you know, I think that's the being, once again, we have to be authentic. And, like, everybody, you know, it's like Herschel is this you know, nose to the ground. No. I mean, I started off and I want to be successful and I wanted to see the world, right? I, you know, it was, it was, it's funny. I mean, not funny, but it, it, it's actually look back. It's a blessing. I surrounded myself with some some other men of my age. We're the same age now, where we made a commitment. They're in different parts of the country now, where we said each Memorial weekend we were going to get together, and we would go on trips, right? And as we progressed in our career, we went on bigger and better things, with you know bigger trips, right? And I say that to say I surrounded myself with people that were going to push me to go to the next level, right? They're all very successful, you know, individuals, right? Very successful. Uh, If I run down a list, you'd be like, wow, right? And, but starting now, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to see the world. We wanted to see what, how other people lived, right? We wanted to see other cultures. And 
Yeah, we couldn't do it right away, but as we progressed in our careers, we went outside the country, we traveled here, we traveled there. And, you know, looking back on it, you know, it helped shape me to be more inclusive of just the places I visited. Um, you know, it's, so I think you need to be, when you go through your career, be, unash- be unapologetic about what you want to do and having fun and enjoying life. And, and as you progress, you know, your priorities do change, right? And, you know, got a family, I'm married, uh, daughter now, 24. Um, but I still want to see the world, right? Uh, you know, see the world with my wife, right? And, you know, so there's variations of it, but, you know, you still have those baseline, you know, fundamentals. Did you ever consider living abroad? Like, did you ever get an, an, a work opportunity to live somewhere else? No, I have not thought about living abroad. I mean, I, I love where I'm at now, but I just love to different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Uh, I just love to just travel and just be like, okay, I'm going to go to, you know, DC, right? Hang out in DC, right? Go to LA, go to Dallas, go to Brazil, Paris, right? You know, it just, you know, I, I just see, see the world, right? See how other people live, whether it be within this country or outside this country. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, just, we've talked a lot about DE&I. And so it makes sense that you would want to immerse yourself in other country, other cultures. Um, do you think that that like, is it chicken or the egg? I guess, do you think you like to travel so much because you care so much about understanding other cultures, or do you think you care so much about understanding other cultures because you've traveled and seen I think it's a little bit Does of that both. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think, I think early on when we, you know, got outside the country as young, young men, you know, I, we quick, we all quickly realized like, wow, there's a bigger world. <laughs> right. I mean, I grew up and for me, it was a, a sticker shock from a blessing standpoint. Like I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I didn't go on like in college. I didn't go on spring breaks. I just came home. Right. So while my other friends went to like Miami and, you know, all these different places, I couldn't afford to go to any spring break places. But then once I had the means to do that, I'm just like, there, I was, I realized I was living in a box. Even in college, I was still living in a box. And then once we stepped outside the country, I was like, okay, this is life, right? This is life. And where other people struggled just as much as you did, right? It it was interesting. Even places we went, we always went to the local spots. We didn't do tourist spots. We went to the local spots, right? And it got immersed in the culture like, hey, what is it really like to live here, right? You know? And they're like, hey, we're going to take you here, go to this restaurant, local restaurant. These were all the locals, right? And just, and loved it, right? Could spend hours there just talking about life and talking about cultures. You know, so then you come back, you bring them back home to 
to say, you know what, life is bigger than what I thought it was. We talked about, you mentioned George Floyd earlier in our conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the last more formal conversations you and I had was for Balance Sheet, the podcast. And uh, we, at that time, like, I mean, I think it was like right around that time, right after. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to know what you, like, how have you seen the approach to DE&I change over the last couple of years? Yeah, I I think, great question. I've seen it more, what I would say, more, more engaging in, 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 in the corporate community, I would say, right? I, I'm, I'm happy to see that, you know, organizations and companies are being more, coming out more aggressive on DE&I and what they're asking of their clients, what they're asking, what, they're, what they want to do for their customers and what they want to do with minority-owned businesses. That is, unfortunately, you, you know, and I say unfortunately because it, it's a, a murder to, we're not there yet, but to get us to to go down that path more of, you know, we need to support minority-owned businesses, minority-owned like accounting firms and, and finance and, and support our diverse employees, both, you know, at home and within the workplace because the workplace is at home and home is at the workplace now, right? You know, with the pandemic. So, you know, hopefully we will continue to see evolution in this space, right? Because the minority will be the majority in, in a few more years, right? You know, so I, I, I'm going to be in front of that, right? Pushing for that change and continue to challenge not only myself, but the people around me, other, you know, companies to continue to make sure that we're inviting for all, right? That opportunities for everyone, for every woman, African-American, Asian, Latino, LGBTQ, right? Um, We need to continue to push for that. Absolutely. Well said. The last thing I want to ask you, Herschel, is um, about being at Crow and any tips that you have. So I could imagine people listening might be, you know, first or second year mm-hmm. at a firm maybe. And what advice do you have for them in particular to kind of continue to climb um, on, on the path that you've had? Work your ass off. And be, unapolog- and, and, and be unapologetic about your career aspirations and don't let anybody put you in a box, right? And enjoy life, right? Is, you know, don't, you know, don't walk into a firm saying, okay, I'm just going to be here three years. I'm going to be here four years and then I'm going to do this. No, go there like this is your last job. Right, that was for me, right? Is this was, I walked in this to like, my my goal is to get a P behind my name, right? And, uh, you know, there's so many people said, you know, you only need to work in public accounting for two or three years and then go off and do this. 
Don't let people put you in a box, but you got to work for it, right? And have fun, right? Enjoy life. Ask questions. Reach out, you know. You know, reach out for mentors. Reach out. And then at some point, and even now, you know, you become that mentor. You give back to the community, right? Find your passion, whether it be being, you know, a soccer coach, a baseball coach, you know, give back, right? And use your talent. Don't be stingy with your talents. I always tell young professionals, don't be stingy with your talents. Um, you know, me and my wife both have our own passions of what we give back to, you know, whether it be the animal shelter, whatever the case may be, find your passion to make the communities you live in and work in better. But work hard at it and enjoy it, right? Yeah, I said earlier that the the commonality between the speakers for how I got here has been um, that they're you know not afraid of failure and they're willing to kind of put themselves out there. And I would say that the common uh, advice that I hear is to be your authentic self. Yeah. Don't play. Don't think you have to play a role. You don't have to play the game. Just right. be your authentic self. Bring your authentic self to, you know, your your work. Right. Be yourself. Yeah. And that's when you know if you're at the right place. Right. If yes. You can, if you can be your authentic self, then you're at the right place. Right. Don't, yes. you know, again, I don't, you know, I struggle with this is your, this is the progression. You know, you need to stay here for four or five years. Like, if you can be your authentic self, you see opportunities and you're happy and, it is financially feasible. No one, you know, there is not a book, a playbook that says you need to leave. You know, be who you are. You do you. Well, that's all the time we have today, Herschel. But thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah. All the audience, please connect with me on on LinkedIn. Frierson, F-R-I-E-R-S-O-N. There's not that many Herschels out there, so I'm pretty easily findable. And, you know, if I can do anything to support you in your career, uh, I'm here for you. And, you know, to all the audience members, I appreciate the opportunity, you know, with the FBI as always, and the partner and the relationship we've gotten strong together between NAVA and FBI. And, you know, obviously the opportunity the firm, you know, Crow has given me to, to be in this position as well. So. Yeah, please reach out to me to to all our all our listeners. Look forward to supporting each and every one of you. Yeah, I can vouch for you that uh, you mean it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll answer. Yeah, I will answer. I can. T- yeah, I can vouch for you personally. Um, well, thanks everybody, and please don't forget to register for the next session. And I'm going to hand it over to Shivani. 